You're listening to the She's Unshakable podcast. I'm your host, Fleur Lonsdale. And if you're looking to create incredible courage, resilience, and unshakable belief in yourself, then this podcast is for you. Each episode, I'll be interviewing incredible adventurers, athletes, and entrepreneurs to dig deep into the strategies and tools they use to create unwavering courage and belief so that you can learn how to never give up on your goals and achieve the life of your dreams. Hello tribe and happy Easter. I hope you've had a beautiful weekend with the family wherever you are in the world. It is week five for us now in lockdown period in France and I hope that you are managing to enjoy it, to create some new things in your life, to take some time and relax and also yeah just reconnect I guess to nature and yourself. And so I really have been meaning to record this podcast and I've been procrastinating on it a lot. I think I don't really know how the word is going to come out. I don't really know what I'm going to say exactly. And essentially, because the podcast is all about courage and resilience and getting over your fears, I realised that this was something that I really needed to do, not just for myself, but for you guys as well. And I just wanted to let you know that this podcast is definitely not going to be for everyone. It's going to be a very different type of podcast. And if you are not someone who's spiritually inclined or not interested in spirituality, then this podcast might not be for you. Um, We are going to be talking about some things that are not from this realm, that do not seem what we are used to seeing and that don't really quite make sense to our normal, essentially, you know, human life if we're not into spirituality. So if that's you, then um, I would probably recommend to just switch off now. If you're curious, then by all means, listen Um, and listen with an open heart and an open mind. I think it's really important to take these things as you see them, Um, but also not to judge and just to stay open with what you hear. I think when this happened to me, it was all a little bit of a shock. Um, It was quite essentially overwhelming that people might call it overwhelming um a lot of emotions going on for me and so it's a story very very close to my heart and the reason I wanted to share it with you today is to maybe understand things from a different point of view from a different aspect um and to understand that there are other things going on in this world that maybe we aren't even in control of and things are doing the things that they're meant to be doing and living the life that we're meant to be living for a reason. And so I don't even know how you would come across sharing this podcast with anyone. (laughs) But if it's something, if if you have friends who are spiritually inclined or in that into that space or doing work in that space, then I would highly recommend um, maybe sending this to them. And it might be able to to shed some light on some things for them or for some clients of theirs. Um, And yeah, and so here we are. So I'm going to try not to babble. I'm going to try and make sure that this is fairly succinct because it it is quite a long, a long story as such. And I hope that, yeah, I hope that it can mean something and that it can help in you in some way of, of seeing maybe this world in a different sense. And so... Everyone as a child or as an adult even 
um, you know, we all go through different things. We all go through different ways of life. Some of us suffer with trauma. Some of us suffer with, with other things. You know, some, sadly, people have to suffer with abuse or maybe themselves suffer with inner anger or, or you know, seeing things that they're not really meant to be seeing uh, or don't particularly want to be seeing at a certain age. A lot of us will <clears throat> lose people. Um, a lot of us will, you know, basically have to go through things that we don't necessarily feel as though we are ready to go through at that time and space. And so when I was 13, I grew up, don't get me wrong, I have an absolutely amazing family, by the way. I have three brothers and sisters who I absolutely love dearly um, with amazing little nieces and nephews. And I have a wonderful mother and father who were absolutely incredible bringing me up as a a child. And I was very, very lucky um, to have uh, amazing support from my family. And yeah, I really couldn't have asked for anything more. And so... At the age of 13, I was um, at school one day and, and during primary school, I had a friend, a little boyfriend who was actually my first boyfriend at primary school <laughs> and um, he suffered from cystic fibrosis and he'd moved to a boys' school at secondary school so we hadn't really kept in touch. But in year eight, which is 13 years old, I'm not entirely sure um, what it is around the rest of the world, but we essentially got... Uh, found out that he had passed away he'd passed on and so it was a bit of a obviously a tough time when when you're 13 years old it's not you don't really expect someone your age to to pass away um even if they are suffering from something you kind of expect them to live a little longer and um so anyway got this notice and we had his funeral maybe a week later um and all of our friends from primary school went to visit um and you know be there he had a huge funeral it was absolutely beautiful and amazing and um anyway I I can't remember the exact dates to be honest from from here on um it was all a little bit fuzzy in my in my mind I don't even know why (coughs) my voice has gone croaky maybe my emotions are bringing out this croakiness in my voice and uh essentially a it must have been maybe Two weeks later, maybe even not that much, but we were sitting in our school um, classroom and uh, some, well, I think at the time, uh, one of our friends hadn't turned up to school for a couple of days and, you know, we we always, we were all close together. There was only about 25, 30 of us in the classroom. And uh, this girl we had, pardon me, gone to school with and um, gone to primary school with. And I phoned her and she said, oh, you know, I've broken my arm. I fell down the stairs and I broke my arm. And so I'm just at home, um, you know, just resting or something. And her cousin was a friend of mine as well. And I said, um, you know, it's odd. Why doesn't she just come to school with a broken arm? Like, surely she'd just have a plaster. And she sort of, I don't know. I have no idea. Anyway, she sort of left it. And then I think it must have been maybe like a week later, maybe even not that much longer. And someone came in to the school I think or I can't even remember but anyway she had fallen down the stairs and when she had fallen down the stairs and gone to hospital um and broken her arm they basically found out that she had cancer in her bones and so you you know a 13 year old we were just like what uh like I had no idea that that 
didn't even really know what cancer was, to be honest, back then. And it was just all a bit bizarre. And um, so, anyway, as we <clears throat> move on, um, I sort of said to her cousin, you know, what, or, you know, can can they anything do about it? And this lady sort of turned around and said, well, you know, well, she has to basically amputate her arm, which is where the cancer has started. And um, I tried calling her and I got no answer. And um, I tried calling her again and, and basically got no answer. And apparently her, her cousin was basically like, she doesn't really want to talk to anyone. She's, um, yeah, she just doesn't really want to speak to anyone. But she's okay. I've spoken to her. You know, she's doing all right. And anyway, uh, this, this is a very short, maybe maybe two weeks later or something, um, we get the news that she has passed on. And, I mean, I, it was very quick. It was was very bizarre, essentially, as as our um, as our classroom. It was a strange, you know, being. It was all very quickly and all very shocking, essentially. I couldn't quite get my head around why she didn't want to chop her arm off. Essentially, the the lady had come in and spoken to us and said, you know, she didn't want to get rid of her arm and so it basically caused the spread very quickly um and her body couldn't fight it and so this was within a month I think not even and with my it it makes me smile now because I I think it's interesting but the when Alex died who was um the boy he um he died and the same day he my hamster died and I thought that was really odd um, and I just thought it was a fluke at the time, and I was just like, okay, well, maybe, you know, my hamster's gone um, with him to, I don't know, to look after him, to play with him or something, and um, uh, two weeks later, I got another hamster, I got a new little baby hamster, and then my hamster that was two weeks old died the day after that my other friend Sarah died, and I was just like, whoa, this is totally weird, like, this is next level nuts kind of thing, like, how does this even happen, and I mean, obviously, as a 13-year-old, it's, I mean, it's a hamster, but, you know, it's still your pet, essentially, not as maybe different to having a dog, but still your pet, and so it was quite um, bizarre for me as a 13-year-old, and I I really didn't know how to, to deal with it, and really didn't know how to, what was going on, or or anything. And anyway, at the time, I I essentially shut myself off. I didn't really want anyone to know what was going on um, in my mind. I didn't really want anyone to understand the pain that I was going through. And I really didn't understand why, especially Sarah, because, you know, it was such a shock and she was such a beautiful human and so full of life and you know, just so awesome to be around, and I almost felt like, why, why would she be taken over me, and I'd been brought up, um, you know, as a, as a Catholic in the church, um, and so for me, I just couldn't understand why has, you know, why has God taken someone like that from us, like, what have, what, why do they deserve to go, like, why, why not pick me, kind of thing, and anyway, I essentially, didn't really talk to anyone about it. I think we spoke about it briefly as friends, but I think, to be honest, I don't really remember. A lot of this is very blurry for me. And so moving on, I, um, you know, just lived life, carried on living life as a, as a child. 
and doing the things that kids do, I guess. And um, when I, in fact, it would have been about the same time, I um, became really good friends with a, another girl called Alex, interesting laugh, who also had cystic fibrosis, who quickly became my best friend um, with me and about three, three or four other people. Um, we had a really cool group of friends. We were super close. We did everything together. We laughed together. Um, and during our sort of teenage years, um, because Alex had cystic fibrosis, she she, she got like a free car. Um, we got to basically ride around in her little convertible. We used to go uh, like along the seafront and we used to just have so much fun together. And um, just, you know, get up to mischief as you do. And so... As I grew older, you know, she went to university, I went to university, um, we were still good friends, but we sort of moved apart a little bit, because, you know, as you do when you're in university, you kind of get involved in what you're you're doing in your life. Anyway, I'd done a ski season, and her and um, two of the other girls came out to visit, which was absolutely amazing, we had so much fun, and um, yeah, as we were sort of moving on, it was, I think, my second my second year at university, maybe my third, anyway, I was going to the Himalayas um, for a long trip um, for five to six weeks, it was meant to be. And um, we were hiking out. I was taken with the, um, as part of the officer training corps in uh, the British Army. And we were obviously going out for a big hiking trip. Um, we wouldn't really be able to get in contact with anyone. We were basically going to be in the mountains, you know, in our tents and with our Sherpas and with our yaks and our horses. And uh, so, yeah, anyway, Alex wasn't very well when I was about to leave. Um, she had been in hospital and we had, I'd obviously wanted to try and visit. Um, and the other girls had wanted to try and visit and she'd seen a few of them. And... I was trying to call her and I was trying to get to see her but she just wouldn't let me visit and I was really I really didn't understand it was like don't even worry like I'll just see you when you get back and I'll be absolutely fine like I'll be much better then and then I get to see you when you know then I'm actually well when you get to see me rather than now like there's just no point in you seeing me like I'm not well blah 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 and I couldn't quite understand why this was going on and like why she wouldn't let me just come and visit her before I was leaving for a long trip um but anyway she didn't and so I left for India, and um, as I was there, I, I think it must have been maybe week two or something, we did like a a week of, maybe week three, I can't even remember, anyway, um, we had stopped between half, we had done like ten a week or ten days of trekking, and we'd stopped at Little Village, and it was the first time where we could almost ring home and, and tell our families, you know, how it was going, where we were at, like what was going on. Back then, I don't even, I don't even, we must have had mobiles back then. <laughs> we must have had phones, but obviously our phones weren't working. We had like a satellite phone that was the only thing that could work when we were up high in the mountains. Anyway, so I like, I called everyone and I gave her a ring. Um, and, you know, she'd always answer her phone, pretty much always. And because, uh, you know, her phone would be sitting next to her. And I gave her a ring and she didn't answer. And I was like, that's weird. And obviously, we're, well, there's like 25 of us like queuing at this one phone in this little village so we can all ring everyone. I said, oh, let me just try again. I'll try again. It's very odd for her not to answer. As so I tried her again and, and she still didn't answer. And I had this just 
deep feeling inside me. I was like, something's not right. Like, this isn't right. This is... She always answers her phone. And I just had this immediate, like, feeling of, I don't, I don't, even, I don't even think she's with us anymore. And because, um, you know, if she hadn't answered, then someone else may have answered. And so, anyway, I had my friends with me. Luckily, I had my um, really good friend, Steph, another friend, Robin. And I sort of told them what was going on and why. I was feeling like this and they sort of reassured me and said you know don't worry about it you're probably just overthinking things like she's probably absolutely fine she's probably just asleep or in the toilet or something just maybe just try again tomorrow morning early before we leave um I think I tried again the next day and I still had no answer anyway we, we were in a bit of a rush so we you know we left and decided to head off on our next trekking trek which was I think for another 10 or 14 days and um and so I I went off and it was in is obviously still in the back of my mind, but there was essentially nothing I could really do about it at the point. And um, and you know I'd spoken to my family and they were all fine and I figured you know if something had happened then they would know about it and it would be all good. And so I um, decided that I would just kind of carry on and and be fine and just um, assume that nothing had happened because I was essentially just making assumptions in my mind that something had and we went off trekking and we were having a great time you know beautiful Himalayas like can't if you haven't been to the Himalayas honestly they're like the most amazing thing I can't wait to go back there I can't wait to take Josh back there even though he hates hiking (laughs) so beautiful and so anyway we're hiking along um one day maybe a, a week later and um, we're all sitting having lunch and I get this call from one of our officers and he's like, hey, Fleur, we didn't say it like that at all, but he's like, can you come here for a second? And I was like, well, that's weird. Like, what have I, have I done something wrong? And then I noticed he had the satellite phone in his hand and I was like, oh God, something's, something's happened. Like I knew it, I totally knew it. So he hands me over the phone and it's one of my other best friends and she basically tells me the news um, that, um, wow, this is really hard. I can't believe I'm actually recording this. You know, that Alex had passed away, that they'd been looking for me for seven days and they'd been on like this mission because no one knew where we were. No one even knew how to even get hold of us or how they could even, you know, what our even satellite phone number was. I guess you don't really think to tell everyone the satellite phone number because you just don't expect these things to happen. And so, um, essentially, yeah, they'd been trying to find out how to get in contact. And at this point, they had put the funeral on hold a little bit to see if there was any sort of, you know, I mean, I don't know if it was on hold or whether they just sort of extended the the time or whatever. Um, But anyway, so from that point on, we sort of sat down and had a bit of a brainstorm as to how, if I could get back. And obviously up in the middle of the Himalayas, when I mean in the middle, I'm like talking in the middle. And so the Sherpa who, the the guy who basically was organising our hike and who was our, essentially our leader, our mountain leader, came up with a plan and said, okay, Flat, 
if this is something that we want to do, this is the way that it's going to happen. You're going to need to take, I can't remember whether we had the horses or the yaks at the time. I think it might have even been the yaks. So you're going to take this, a ride this yak. I can't even remember how long it was. It was it was like ridiculous. It's one of those stories where you're just like, are you, are you sure? Um, it was like, you're going to have to ride this yak across across the mountains until you get to this point. It might have been like a day or two. Then you'll be able to jump on a horse there. They'll have a horse for you waiting there and you'll be able to ride the horse. Bear in mind, I've never ridden a horse before. Like to this um, place where you'll be able to jump in a car and then the car will be able to take you to this small little airport and then you'll be able to get a private little two-man plane that'll be able to take you essentially more to the, the mainland and, you know, you'll you'll be able to find a way to the main airport from there. And we all sort of looked at each other um, and, you know, I was... I was really thinking, I was like, well, one, it would be a pretty amazing adventure, but he basically sort of said to me, you might not make it. He said, if you make the ride with the yak, then it'd be great. But then you won't, if something goes wrong, you won't have, you won't have any way of finding help. You'll be on your own. He said, if you make it to the horse, you know, you'll be good. And then if you make it to the car, you'll be, you'll be good too. But he said, the planes, the little small planes, they're not safe. They're not something I would ever recommend anyone going on. But he said, but if you really want to go, then you should go. But he said, you'd be risking your life. And I sort of, I think at this point I rang Sally back and I, you know, told her what was going on. And I called my mum and told, obviously told her um, she knew. She knew they'd been looking for me. She, she, she couldn't help either. And I sort of said, you know, well, what, what should I do? What do you guys think? Like, should I risk this or should I should I not risk this? And they both basically said, look, if we were to if you were to go and we were to like lose you as well, it'd be even worse, right? And so we sort of spoke about it with the other officers, and they said, you know what, we we can get you back. Um, we can get you back to to somewhere which is much safer as soon as we can but you won't make it but you'll be able to fly home earlier than you know you had initially wanted to if you want and so anyway long story short is I I don't I don't go back I don't fly back which what I've learned recently is that that was a good decision to make um and I just for days like hiked holding Steph Sand and um yeah I just walked with her for, for days just crying and it was interesting because I had, it was, I was in such a bizarre place and, you know, we were all hiking in this amazing, beautiful scenery, it, like setting up camp each night, the Sherpas cooking us dinners and um, playing cards and, you know, and, and it was just such a, such a bizarre place to be hearing something like that. But anyway... As I, um, as, like, I, I sort of got back home and, you know, sorted everything and we had our little celebrations and whatnot, um, I had always felt as though that she was still here. And I always, like, 
always felt like she was always around me, like she'd become my little angel, essentially. And um, after, so I get this wooded like 11 years ago now. And so this story comes back to me seeing this spiritual lady. And uh, basically I'd gone to New Zealand and I had always thought that maybe I should, not should go see someone, but that maybe it would, it would help. And as I said in our last podcast, you know, I, at university after that, I had uh, gone to see a counsellor and um, the counsellor had said, you need, you need to talk to people about this. You need to tell them what's going through your minds. And I said, well, you know, I have, I have kind of. But anyway, so I ended up opening to some of my friends at uni, telling them a little bit more about how I was feeling, what was going on. Going through, you know, last year of university, uh, which is tough in itself, I think. Um, and anyway, it just didn't help. Like, it, talking about it just didn't really seem to, to make a difference. Like, it just, even like now, it's 11 years later and I can't actually tell the story without crying which is fine. Um, and so when I moved to New Zealand, for some reason, I don't, I don't even know why this happened, but I know we were designing a house and we uh, met an architect and we were just having coffee, talking over house designs. And then for some reason, this story came up that he, you know, had seen this lady um, who basically had had told him a lot of stuff that was going on in in the spiritual world behind him that he couldn't see in his human form and he had had you know really bad wrist pain and when he'd gone to this beach he had like welts like and crazy rashes like all over his arms that would then leave as soon as he left the beach and it was like so like such weird things and and he'd gone to see this lady and this lady had basically said to him you know there's there's some elders that are holding on to your wrists like you're essentially living a life that they they don't really want you to live and so they're kind of holding you down because you're not doing life the way that they think you should be doing it and so she basically explains that he's you know being tied down with these chains around his wrist which is why he's got wrist pain so she had to then have a conversation with these these people that were holding these chains and not letting him free and basically sort of persuade them into letting him letting him go and just living the life that he's doing because life is very different now to when they were around on on earth which you might listen to and just think oh that's so nuts like how did that even happen but the fact was that she you know like had this conversation with them and then all his wrist pain went and the rashes on his arm were due to something on on the beach that from past experience past life experience was causing his him him trauma essentially that was was being shown up in these in these like rashes and welts anyway i don't know the don't know the entire story it might be interesting to get him on here actually but the from that moment i was like oh my gosh i want to go and see this lady and it wasn't like i didn't have any pain i didn't suffer with anything like i didn't have my body works perfectly my mind seems to work perfectly I don't have any problems in that but I was just absolutely fascinated I was like how can someone tell you that that's just crazy and and so I had I put this off I put this off for like eight months I said you know I, I want to go see her and Joshua said yeah go see her like why not it could be interesting and I put it off and put it off put it off and anyway finally 
managed to go see her and um, she had, you know, had a space free. And I um, drove up the coast and um, went to see her in this cool little cabin that she's got just outside her house um, in the beautiful and beautiful New Zealand. And um, I arrived and she said hello and I said hello. <laughs> she's actually from the UK, which is hilarious. And she said, why are you here? And I said, honestly, I have no idea. I really have no idea. Like I, I just feel like I was meant to come and see you. I've almost felt like pulled here. And she said, okay, well, no worries. Why don't you um, jump on my little table? Uh, it's not like a doctor's office or anything, but <laughs> and I'll check your chakras. So if any of you are listening and you don't really know what chakras are, um, essentially we've got different energy centers in our body that create an energy um, and that should all flow in one direction which basically helps um, the way that our our bodies work and the way that our energy and vibration works and all of that jazz. You can do some research on that if you want. And anyway, I didn't really... I knew about chakras then, but I'd never, like, known how to, to test them or whatever. And so I lay down, and she gets a little pendulum out, which is basically just swings in a direction if your energy is working in the right direction so your energy centers tend to flow in a clockwise direction and so the pendulum would normally swing in a circle and so she looked at them before I just sort of lay down sort of close my eyes although I don't really know if I want to look at it what's going on and um and anyway she sort of said to me at the end she said have a look at this she said normally if your energy center is in the right way then this spins in a circle and I was like okay she said she said, just look at what's going on here and so she started I think at my feet I think my feet were okay and then she moved up my body to so there's like different chakra systems that go up up from essentially from your feet to your head and the chakra just above my pelvis you know was the the pendulum was just swinging in in a weird fashion and I was like oh this is bizarre and as she moved it on my body like the pendulum basically didn't swing in a circle once and it got to my head, and I could obviously just look at it just above my head, and it was just going nuts, like crazy, like, you know when you sort of look at someone, you think, oh, they're just doing it with their hands, like, they're just making it look funny, there was literally no way in, in the world that she would have been even able to do that with her hand, especially, obviously, her hand's not moving, and so at this point, I'm having a little bit of a freak out moment, and I was like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me, like, why is this, we know why this has happened and I think she must have been able to see the fear in my eyes she goes hey don't worry it's all good don't worry about it we can fix this and I sort of looked at her like uh okay I don't even know how, you, how are you gonna fix this and um I think she probably thought this was quite funny at the time she's like it's all right no worries she's an absolute beautiful woman if any of you guys want to know who she is please message me personally and I can send you in her way and um anyway she goes you know don't worry it's okay we can we can totally sort this out. It's no, it's no problem. We get this. I was like, okay. And so she basically says, I'm, I'm just going to, you know, do a little bit of clearing of energy and figure out a few things that are going on and see if I can get your energy centers, you know, moving in the right direction. I was like, okay, cool. So she starts doing a few things with her hands and um, she's basically playing around on my, my sacral chakra, which is essentially just above your belly button pretty much. And she's like using her hands, like dragging something out. I'm like, what 
is she up to? Like, I can't feel anything, really. And anyway, she's she's like, oh, there's, there's some, like, there's some emotion, like, really stuck in, in this chakra here. And I just can't get it out. It's like glue. It's, like, stuck in there. Like, it's been there for years. And I was like, oh, yeah. Um, I was like, okay. She's like, any ideas what it could be? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then she sort of does a few things. Like, let's say this is going on for, for a while. And she goes, okay, I've... I've I figured it out. It's it's an emotion of guilt. I can feel guilt. Like, are you guilty for something? Is there something you're really, like, really guilty for? And I said, oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe moving to New Zealand and, you know, all my family's at home. She's like, no, no, no. It's, it's like, way longer than that. Like, way far back. And I was like, well, when I was, like, a kid, she's like, yeah, more, more so from when you're a child. And I was like, well, I don't even remember being a child. Like, I, I don't know. And, um... So she's like, well, we really need to figure out what it is. And I was like, okay. And I was like, well, I don't really know what to do. Like, I don't know how I can help you figure this out. And she's like, is there anything, anything that, like, anything that you can tell me? And I was like, no. Like, really, no. Like, really had no idea. And anyway, she goes, okay, right, I need to do um, a little bit of healing on you then. I need to sort of go in to your soul and figure out what what's going on in your soul and I sort of looked at her she you know I've never done anything like this before and she must have seen my face as well and just gone it's all right don't worry it's totally fine and I was like you want to go into my soul she's like yeah yeah I just kind of want to see you know what's going on and I was like uh okay and I've always been one of those people like who never really knows what she's thinking had always sort of maybe had like a little bit of a blank canvas essentially and I was like great go in like I want to know what's go- what my soul's thinking I'd love to know this it's great <laughs> so then I start getting excited and so she does what we're, what they call some theta healing and I don't know how long she's there for but it was there for a while and anyway um I feel it felt like you know a good 10 or 15 minutes and she sort of comes back up to me and she says Flo I can't find your soul and I was just like excuse me what like what do you mean she was like oh your soul's not there your soul's not in your body right now and I was obviously like um another freak out moment what the hell are you talking about like how how does that how and she sort of was just like, oh, I, I'm, you know, I'm not really entirely sure, to be honest. Um, but hey, let's go and see if we can find it. So I'm like, what is going on? This is like total craziness. Like, I can't even believe I'm listening to this. So anyway, <laughs> like another however many minutes pass. And she comes back up and she's like, I found your soul. I was like, you found my soul? She's like, yeah, I found it. I'm, I'm still a bit like, I don't really know if this is, if, if this is true, if this is really going on, like, is this actually happening? And so she's like, yeah, 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 I've, I've, I found it. I was like, okay. So she's like, I need your permission. I was like, what, what for? She's like, I need, well, I need your permission to bring your soul back into your body. And so I was like, well, by all means, like, go for it. Like, surely, I want my soul to be in my body, like, surely they're meant to be together, right, that's meant to be a thing, and, um, and so she, 
she said, yeah, you know, yes, of course. And, and my body, like as soon as we started going through this process, my body just started sweating profusely. Like I had like sweat just dripping down my chest, like down my stomach, even like my head. And I could feel like my hands like all clammy. And it was just like this next level feeling. Not just that, but I then literally felt as though underneath my skin, like this thin layer underneath my skin was just filled upon filled with thousands and thousands of like shining stars. And it, I, I can't really explain how this felt, I'll be honest with you, but it just felt as though I was being filled with like shining diamonds that were in shapes of stars like throughout my whole body. And then I just had this energy like this ball of energy like I had never like ever felt before and I was I was literally like I could just get up right now and just run and run and run and run like a couple of marathons and just keep going and going and I was just I was just like this is crazy like what is going on and she sort of said you know this is good this is what it's meant to feel like your body is is like that and I was like what this is nuts (laughs) And anyway, so she goes, well, this is good. She says, okay, I've reunited you guys. You guys are one now. And I just need to take you through a process that basically means that you're going to stay with your soul. Your soul is just not going to run away again. And I said, oh, okay, well, sweet, go for it. And so she takes me through a process um, where, you know, basically... I understood and had to say a few things as to, you know, I would not let myself feel so guilty about certain things and a whole stream of a whole stream of things that went on. And I think what was what was really interesting to understand was that obviously when she went to find my soul, essentially, she was able to tell me why the soul had run away in the first place, because obviously I mean, if anyone has a story like this, please, please contact me. I could, I would love to be able to talk about it with you guys. Um, but yeah, she said, you know, your soul ran away. And she said 18 years ago, she said 18 years you haven't had a soul for. And I was just like, 18 years? How have I even been living without a soul? Like, is that even possible? And she literally brought me to a time where I could literally pinpoint exactly where I was sitting, when I have never really been able to remember my childhood. And she said, you thought so badly, you were so, you felt so guilty for the fact that it wasn't you when it could have been you over someone else. And you felt so guilty that it wasn't you when, when it could have just been you. That it ate, it, it just put so much pain on you and so much that, guilt just basically overtook your body that your your soul couldn't deal with the pain and the guilt that you're putting it through and I mean my goodness who is ever going to think that right who's ever going to think oh my gosh I'm putting my myself through so much pain and so much mental pain that my soul's gonna disappear I mean who knows and it was interesting because I could literally remember this one this one time where I was sitting in front of the fire at my mum and dad's house. I'm just thinking, why? 
why them? Why her? Why not me? Like, why should someone else have to go through it? Why, when I could? And I guess it's a very interesting thing to think when you're 13 years old. I mean, I can't even recall really what was going through my mind at the time, but clearly it was enough to put my entire body out of whack. And so this whole story, basically, you know, once it happened, once once she'd said all this stuff and she said, you know, you're going to have a lot of energy, people are going to want to want to come to you for your energy because you've got so much of it now, you're going to be like this little beam of light that people are going to be attracted to. And actually what what happened is as soon as I left, I sort of called my sister and I, I had to share this with her. And I, although I didn't really think she was going to believe any of it, I just sort of said, you know, I had to share this with her because she'd always asked me, she'd always said, you know, where are you, where are your emotions? Like, you don't feel like you're just someone who doesn't really feel very much. And from like a young age, and I sort of said this to her, she was like, wow, this makes so much sense. She was like, literally from that moment, you just changed. She was like, you were this like little ball of everything as a kid. And then after that like moment, like it was like you just disappeared it's like I used to talk to you and have conversations with you and I swear you weren't even there I was just like whoa but like now like even like recently like (laughs) I don't know I was like have I been living 18 years like just not really being there like isn't that crazy to think and you know she made a good point she was like well you know what at least now you know at least you've got it back now like you can you'll be in a make like a, a far more amazing mum like if you have kids now then maybe you would have been and I sort of said I told my mum as well and my mum was like oh she's like I don't really know if I believe that stuff but it makes sense like it the way that things change for you like it totally makes sense and so anyway from from that moment like I I I realized that this is going to be quite a long podcast now from that moment I literally had emotions like I had never felt before or I had never remembered I was all over the place like one day like I came back home and Josh was like holy smokes what has happened like he was like there is so much energy in this room it's like you've just brought in this whole like this whole room just like gone on fire and I was like man I feel like I feel like I have so much energy I feel like I literally could just do anything right now and then I think it must have been like maybe three days later, maybe a week later, and I just felt like this crash. I felt like I felt depressed and I had never felt depressed or the feelings of depression in my entire life. And I just felt like this emptiness of essentially hopelessness and despair and I had no idea why. And... I sort of messaged um, the lady and said, "What, like, what is going on? I don't know if I can deal with this." And she just said, "You know, you you haven't really had emotions for the past eighteen years. You're gonna have to get used to it again." And she sort of said, "You know, this isn't gonna happen forever. But it might take you a while to get back to to having feelings, and <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how." some of my friends might react you know I'm a fairly you know I'm a a businesswoman I I'm a very honest person I tell people how it is 
I do have empathy. I think I definitely have more empathy since this happened, but it'd be really interesting to understand, like, maybe I I just didn't really know how people felt because I never really had feelings because I didn't really have a soul. And so obviously since then, things have changed. Things have got a lot easier in the past, I can't even remember, maybe like two years ago now. But the first sort of six to eight months, even to a year, were so hard. I was just like, my emotions were everywhere. And like some days I would feel like I was on top of the world, like I'd just do anything and be anything and just like literally anything could happen. And then other days I would just be like, I don't even know why, like why I'm here. And it really gave me a newfound respect for people who you know suffer with depression and that feeling but it makes me it 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 blew up a whole sort of belief system in my world that I was like you know how many people in this world are living without a soul and don't even know it how how many people are living day to day without really understanding why they are having certain emotions towards things and certain things are happening and I feel so blessed that I actually went and saw someone for something I didn't even know was there and essentially I you know I believe that I was drawn to to her for a reason I was drawn there because I needed to be there you know so and it's opened up a whole spiritual world for me and being able to you know essentially tap more into my intuition and understand the things that the things that go on and and the the universal power that that are that we have and that our world has and I just wanted to really share that with you guys because it's so close to my heart and I don't even know what you guys are thinking right now but I'd love to know I would love to hear some messages from from you I'd love to know whether this just keep, seems like completely back crazy or whether you're just like oh my god this resonates or maybe even know someone that you've seen someone maybe even a child that has gone through something like that and you you see it in them right because the sooner you can reunite them the better and I feel as though this story needs to be shared I, I honestly don't know who will listen or who will even understand it um but it's here it's it's out there for you and it's hard to share but I've picked up the courage <laughs> and I've shared it for you all so please um, please use this story with your heart. Um, please don't, you know, don't abuse it, essentially. Not too sure how it can be abused, but I'm sure there's, you know, there's things out there that possibly are. Um, but yeah, hopefully that, you know, that that one makes sense, is, is a cool story for you to sit and think about. You know, if you've got any questions about it, please message me very happy to answer some questions or even have a chat of something you know that you maybe you've gone through something similar would love to talk about it too when I've got some spare time but yeah so sending you guys lots of love um sending you lots of big hug and a big hug from my soul too and I hope that you'll have a beautiful day and I'll speak to you next week If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and head on over to iTunes or your favorite podcast listener and give us a five-star review. 
Don't forget to join our free Facebook community called She's Unshakable, where we get to share our tips and tricks and experiences with building courage, resilience, and belief in ourselves. I look forward to meeting you in there.